Today she is Yuvamis Dafyud Gimel. We will begin on Dafyud Gimel Amr Aleph at the fifth line. We had learned in the Mishnah Ketzet Paitrus Tarasayim. We learned in the Mishnah if one's brother was married to his daughter and his brother died without any children and the brother has another wife. So not only, as we learned extensively earlier in Amasechta, is the daughter not a candidate for Yibam? She's an erva to her father. But even her tzara are, is, a, is exempt from Yibam. As we learned, the Pasuk says, So we learn from the word Allah that the erva is not a candidate from Yibam. And from the word Litzrar, we learn that not only is the erva not, and a, a candidate for Yibam, that the Tsarasa is also not a candidate for Yibam. But as we also learned extensively earlier in Amasakta, the first Mishnah actually, and other times as well, this halacha doesn't only apply to the Tsara. It also applies to the Tsaras Tsara has the same halacha that she also is exempt from Yibam. And ask the Gemara Mananimili, from where do we know that this continues on? Says the Gemara, the Amakra, the Pasuk, Amar Yehuda, the Amakra, Litzrar. The Torah doesn't use the word Lotzer, but the Torah uses the word Litzrar. We learned from that word that the Torah rips the Tsaras Harbe. The Torah is coming to teach us that even the Tsarist Tsara is also as well. Ravashi Amar says, Ravashi, we don't need to rely on the Pasuk to teach us this halacha. The Hatsvarihi, logically, we come to that conclusion. Tzara maitama asira. Why is the Tzara asir? The Mokam erva kaima. The Tzara stands in the place of the erva. Tzara Tzara b'makam erva kaima. So I saw two pshat them how to learn it. The Pasuk pshat is, as we often explain in our in our shiurim, the woman whose husband died without children, under no, normal circumstances, is a very serious erva. She's the erva of Eishasach. Just under the conditions where the Torah set forth that Yibam should be performed, the Isser Eishasach is removed, is lifted. But if we have conditions where that is not the case, so the Isser Eishas Ach is not lifted. And if the Isser of Eishas Ach is not lifted, so then she falls back to being considered Eishas Ach. Now, once she retains that title, that category of being an Eishas Ach, it remains with her. So now if she marries another brother, that, does, that category of Eishas Ach remains with her. And if that category of Eishasach remains with her, so then her tzara is the tzara of an Eishasach. That's one approach that I saw the Achroidim take, the Pashib Shat. The Rebbe Chanan in the Kaibitz Aritz seems to take a different approach. Rebbe Chanan in the Kaibitz Aritz takes the approach that the Tzara's erva, as we just learned, the Torah teaches us that the Tzara's erva is potter from Yibam. The Torah uses the word Litzrar to teach us that the Tzara's erva is potter. Says Rebbe Chanan, what does the Torah mean to teach us with that halacha? 
Rebbe says that what the Torah means to teach us with that halacha is that whatever erva the, the erva is, that erva is extended to the tzara. And what that means is that since she, using the example that we began our share with today, since the daughter has the erva being a bas, it extends to her tzara. And her tzara is considered a bas. So then the tsarist tsara is considered the tsara of a bas. And therefore, since a bas is excluded from, from the din of Yibam, it will extend to hot tsara as well. I think the reason Rabbi Khanan takes that approach is because when she falls again to Yibam, when her second husband dies, so the Isser Eshes Ach ought to be lifted. If the Isser Eshes Ach ought to be lifted, so now we have an issue. Why, why is there no Yibam? But if we say that what the din of Erva and Tsaras Erva teaches us is that whatever Erva the, the Erva is extends that the Tsara, her Tsara should also be considered that type of Erva. Now it's very Gishmak. Why that doesn't fall off the Makam Yibam. So we continue learning the Mishnah. Kate said in Mesu, we learned if somebody's daughter was married to his brother, and the brother has another wife, and the brother had divorced, or the wife or his daughter had died prior to the brother's death, then the tsar is mutter. So the Mishnah used the words, That means first the brother married this other woman, and afterwards his daughter died or they got divorced. So it seems that our Mishnah is teaching us that as long as the brother divorced his wife, the daughter, the tsar would be mutter. But Philo, that would be the case, even if he married the tsara with Saif Girish. That means we look at the moment of death. And since at the moment of death, the brother who passed away was not married to an erva, that's all that the halacha is concerned with if there other wife who's not related to the brother, is there going to be Yibam or not? Ask the Gemara of Riminu, we're going to learn in a Mishnah, Mitzvah Shem and Daf Lamed, we have three brothers, Shnaim Hem, Nesum Shteyachos, two are married to two sisters, Vechot, and one of them is Nachos to another woman, Vegirish Achad Mechalos Esishtai, and one of the brothers who's married to one of the sisters divorced his wife, Vemes, and then the brother who's married to the woman that is not related died without any children. And the brother who had divorced his wife, the brother who had been married to one of the sisters, now did Yibam on this sister-in-law, and now that brother dies. The third brother who is a who was also married to a sister could do Yibam on this woman because she was never Tsaras Achais Ishtai. She was never married to this man, to this brother, while he was married to his wife's sister. Because before he, his brother did Yibam, he had already divorced his wife's sister. Vzush Amru, and says the Gemara, says the Mishnah that this is the case that Chazal described, Nesu and Nesgashu, that if they got divorced, or he died, or the wife died, But if we dig deep into that Mishnah, says the Gemara, Tam and the Girish, 
The only reason why she's not considered a Tsaras Erva, the only reason why she's not considered a Tsaras Achais Ishtai, because Giresh Vachkach Konos had first divorced her and only afterwards married this woman. So they were never, she in her entire life, this woman who's falling out to Yibam, had never been a Tsaras Achais Ishtai. Avil, if at any point during their ma- if at any point it had been Konas Vachach Girish, they had been at one point married together to this man, and she had become a Tsaras Arva, even though now at the time of death she's not a Tsaras Arva, Loy, she's not a candidate for Yibum, she's not a candidate for Yibum. So we see that we don't look at the time of death. We look at the history. And were they married? Was she ever Tsaras Erva? Or was she never or was she never Tsaras Erva? Amar Ravimya says Ravimya, so our Mishnah and that Mishnah seem to have a very different definition on how to look at a Tsaras Erva. Amar Ravimya, so Ravimya not having any other option, has to say, Tavra, we have to break these two Mishnahis. And we have to say, Mishishana Zu, the Tana who learned our Mishnah, Lashana Zu. And we have here, says the Gemara, fundamental Machloikus Tanoim. Tai Tana, the Tana of our Mishnah holds, Misa that the only thing that we have to look at is the time of death. And if at the moment of death, they're not Tsaris, then she is a candidate. She's not a Tsaris Erva, so she's a candidate for Yibam. The high Tana and the Tana of the Mishnah Daf Lamid is of the opinion that the Sunarishonim appealum. That what that means is if it, during the at any time the, to, these two women were Tsaris to each other, even though currently they're not Tsaris at the time of death, the Allah is that is enough to make her. Tzorah. And the way I saw Rabbi Khanan explains this machloikis, he explains that we know a, con- a concept that is a critical concept in understanding Mesechti Yivamis is the concept of Zika. Says Rabbi Khanan, when does Zika, when is there a Zika between a brother and his brother and the brother's wife? When does that Zika begin? The man the armor that holds that we go with the, the man the armor that says we go with the moment of death says that the Zika only starts when the brother died without children. And therefore, says, says the man the armor that holds Misa Mapels according to Abel if at the moment of death this woman it was, was not a Tsaras Erva, so then she is a candidate, she has to have Yibam. The other man the that says, that Nsuma Pilam is of the opinion that Zika begins at the moment that a couple gets married. The moment a couple gets married, there's a rule that is there, even though it's not hopefully ever going to be relevant. But there is a potential Zika from that moment that if this woman's husband will die without children, she will have to have Yibum Chalitza from her brother-in-law. And that Zika applies to every wife of every brother. And therefore, if the first wife and the second wife were co-wives to this brother, and this brother created a Zika with a sister, with a, with, there was a Zika for two women to men, and one is an erva, 
So she she loses her ability to have yibum. The example we're using with a, a, a daughter with a father, and the, and therefore since we're learning in our Mishnah and our Shir today that there is a concept of tsaris erva, it will not only apply to her, it will apply to him as well. So we have here a very fundamental understanding. It says Rabbi Khanan, not just in the halacha of tsaris erva, but it's also relevant to this critical concept of what is or what isn't zika. And I saw a very interesting Shaila. The Shail Sachuvas Evan Yakara, Urchaim Simon Vov, discusses that there was an individual who was appointed to be a Shaykhit in the city. And at the moment that he signed his contract, he agreed that even though he's the Shaykhit, his that position will not automatically go over to his son upon his death. And he did, in this shaykhet, trained his son, and he died. And the son now comes to the community and says that I have first right to assume my father's Yerusha, to assume my father's position of being the shaykhet of this city. The pity, people in the city said, we signed a contract with your father that we're not obligated. The question is, is that what is Dalokam? So in general, there's a very big shail amongst the Paiskim that not everybody is in agreement that a Shita, being a Shaykhin in a city, is the type of position that automatically goes on Birushta, that goes on to one's children automatically if they, are, if they want the position. But let's say that we're going to follow the position, the, the halachic position, that shechita, being a shaykh, does go on, be Yerusha. So what will be the halacha here? So I saw that the Shalash Chuvis Evan Yukara connects it to our Gemara. When, and with the way we explain from Belchanan, it's, it's very geshmak. When, the, when does the halacha of Yerusha kick in? Does the halacha of Yerusha kick in at the moment of death? Or does Yerusha kick in at the moment you got married? Or the way we're learning an hour, an hour share, at the moment of signing the contract? If, like we discussed, when does Zika begin? If it begins at the moment of the signing of the contract, so this individual signed the contract, that I have no claim that the Yerusha should go on to my children, and therefore the son has no claim. But if the Hilch Zika only comes at the moment of death and will say the same regarding Yerusha, that the Yerusha only begins at the moment of death. So the fact that the father signed the contract when he took the job, that wasn't when that rule was relevant that he should be able to sign that it shouldn't apply here. And therefore, under those circumstances, perhaps the son, if you hold that being a shaykhet travels Birusha, would have a right to claim that my father's contract is meaningless. Rav Chatana. Rav says there is no machlokes tanoim, but rather the way to understand the two mishnayos are as follows: Zuvein The two mishnayos are teaching us two halachas that are one doesn't have to be said. Even in a case where somebody married the, the tzara and then divorced the erva, the tzara is mutar. And doesn't make, certainly in a case where he divorced her 
where he divorced the Erva before he married, then in both cases the Allah will be that she's not considered a terrorist Erva. The Ushalmi has a different approach, which we need to understand. He wants to differentiate between a get or if the Erva died. We learned in the Mishnah, any woman who could have done mean while her, fa- while her husband was alive, meaning, as we've discussed numerous times, the Kedushin between this husband and wife rose only a Kedushin de Rabbanon, and the Allah is if the Kedushin de Rabbanon and the wife is under 12 years old, then she could do Miyun. So here, the situation where the Erva was married to her husband as a Kedushin de Rabbanon, so she could t- technically do Miyun. The Allah is that the Tsaris Erva is really not a Tsaris Erva. Because the definition of a Tsaris Erva is that your co-wife was married to your husband with a derisive marriage. Here she wasn't married to the husband with a derisive marriage, given there was a marriage that she could walk out of with Miun. And therefore, the Tsara, the Mishnah says, should, should do Chalitza and not Yibam. Ask the Gemara, why? Taman Hashta, let this girl do Mion at this point. And since she could do Mion at this point, so that means she will have never been married to the husband. And if she was never married to the husband, then the Tsara is not a Tsaris Erva. And since she's not considered a Tsaris Erva, then she could be a candidate for Tisyabim, that she could have Yibim. Because as we've learned, what Mion accomplishes it is a totally uproots that they were never married. Suggest the Gemara, should this Mishnah be a raya to what Rabbi Isha taught? We're going to learn taught later in the Masechna, the Afkov Zayin, a Machloikis Beisham Beisilu regarding Hilchis Mian. The Aloha Beisham says is that a woman could do Mian into her husband and not to her Yavam. Beisilu says that she could do Mian both to her husband and then to, her, then to the Yavam as well. Dama Rabbi Isha, but says Rabbi Aishia, when Beis Hill says that a woman could do miyun to a, to a yavam, that's only mameris l'mamorai. As we have explained, midaraisa, the yavam makes the yavam his wife only with biyun. But it was quite common, as we're going to learn often in Amasechta, that the yavam, who's ultimately, who intends to do yibum with his wife, to do biyun with that woman, first did a mimer, which is a kedusha kesev, a kedusha star. If they want to break that mimer, you have to have a get. A girl could do miyun. However, says Rabbi Yishya, Rabbi agrees, that means that miyun could only break something that was man-made. So if a man married a girl with kedusha de Rabbonon, and the girl is not yet bas, yet, not yet bas mitzvah, so Cesar Boisha tells us, everybody will agree, she could break that marriage with a miyun. If a yavam does mimer in his yavama, which again is a man-made act, he did the mimer, the Kedusha Kesel, Kedusha Biya, there halacha is that the girl, given the circumstances, could do miyun. Zika, yibum, zika is not man-made. Zika is midaraisa, and Rav says that even Beis Hillel will agree that Mion cannot work against something which is not man-made. So therefore, since Mion is not an option here, 
So this girl is still this girl that cannot do miyun and hayavam. Since she can't do miyun and hayavam, so the status, so she was married, albeit not a full-fledged marriage, to the brother. And she's an erva to the yavam. And that's why she's considered somewhat of a tsarist erva. And that's why the tsarist erva cannot have yibam. She only can have chalitza. Says the Gemara, no. Loy, the reason... She she actually could do. We won't agree with Rabbi Yishe, says the Gemara, and we could even she could even do miyun in the yavam. But why, if that's the case, shouldn't she do yibum miyun in the yavam? And therefore, the tsaris erva will not be considered a tsaris erva. And if she's not considered a tsaris erva, she can be a candidate for yibum tsaris erva shani. The Allah is one's not, of course, allowed to marry his sister-in-law, his daughter-in-law, even after the marriage with the son terminated, the son died, or the son, the son divorced his wife. But Yami Becheskel says that if a woman did mean on her husband, then she can marry her father-in-law. But Yavam, but if she did mean on her Yavam, a Surah Why? Alma, because what do we say? Because we look at the Shas Nafila. We look at the moment of death. At the moment of death, she had not yet done the Mian. And even if she's going to do Mian afterwards, but at the moment of death, this girl looked, she was, to a certain degree at least, the daughter-in-law of this man. And therefore, even if she will decide to do Mian afterwards, it can't change that since she's nearest Kekalosai, we can't let the father-in-law marry the daughter-in-law. Hachanami. And the same thing in our case. Yes, the girl who had a Kedusha de Rabbanon could do mean even after he died. And therefore, she will have halachically be considered as if they were never married. But even though that is certainly the halacha, but says the Gemara, that doesn't change that at the moment of death, she looked like, an, like the wife of the individual who died. And she's an erva to the Yavam. And therefore, since at that point she was an erva, her co-wife looks like a tsarist erva, even though through me and she really isn't. But we're worried about the maris ayin element. Chazal made exera, b'shas nefil nearest k'tsarist pitoi, and that's why yibum should never be done with that. Yibum should never be done with that girl. Says the Mishnah. Sheish arayis chamurus. There are six arayis that are even more serious than the fifteenth arayis. That were mentioned in our first in our first Mishnah. Nation because they all six of these women that can never be married to any of the brothers. As we explained in the first Mishnah. The Arayas that were identified in the first Mishnah of our Mesechta are women that are erva to one of them, of the brothers, but not necessarily to the other brothers. These women, if are women that no paternal brother can be married to these women. And therefore, that means if they, if the brother dies, then it's not considered a case of a Tsaris erva. So Rashi explains that what the simple Peshat of the Mishnah is, that the Mishnah is teaching us that B'makim Mitzvah, there's a concept of erva, there's a concept of Tsaris erva. But since these women could not have been possibly married to my brother, so who were they married to? They were married to a person, uh, uh, not related to me. 
the concept of Tzaras Erva, as we've discussed earlier in Amasechta, is only applicable, says Mishnah, by a place of Yibam. But if somebody is married, a person is married to two women, and one woman is an erva to me, and another woman is not an erva to me, so there's no concept of Tzaras Erva, and after he dies or divorces her, I can marry that woman. That's Rashi's Peshat. The Rambam has another Peshat. What would be if the brother, if one of the brothers did marry this woman? Since all the women that we're about to identify in the Mishnah are chayvikaris, or at least chayvikaris, so the Allah, as we've been learning many times, is that chayvikaris, Kedusha is not typhus. Since the Kedusha is not typhus, the Halacha doesn't view these women as a wife of the deceased brother. So the only wife who's left is the Tzara, who's not related, and therefore she's obligated to have Yibam. Who are these women? Says the Mishnah, Imai, the father, his mother, then, so which, which would be Ashes Aviv. So even if it's not his mother, but still, if she's the father's husband, wife, it's enough. Ashes Aviv, Achois Aviv, Achois Aviv, Ashes Achi Aviv, Ashes Achim Aviv. All of these women are women that no one of the paternal brothers can be married to. And since none of them can be married to this woman, the halacha that we just said applies. Beshamai goes back to the halacha that we began, the Masechta we began today, Shia with actually, the halacha of Tzara. Beshamai disagrees with Beisilo, and Beshamai holds Matirin Tzaras Lachim. They don't agree with the halacha of Tzaras Erva. And they say that even though, of course, the Erva cannot have Yibum, but that doesn't affect the Tzaras Erva. And if the brother is married to two wives, one was an Erva, one is the Tzaras Erva, there's a lot of Yibum on the Tzaras Erva. Basilo follows the opinion that we've been learning the whole Masechta, Basilo Eisrim. Basilo hold that it's not permitted. Chaltzu, so now, if this Tzaras Erva had Chalitza, and as we've learned previously, a woman who has chalitza may not marry a kohen. So according to Beishamai, this woman was obligated to have chalitza. So since this woman was obligated to have chalitza, the chalitza is a valid chalitza. And therefore she may never marry a kohen. Beishamai paislamakuna, she may never marry a kohen. According to Beishil, if for whatever reason Chalitza was conducted with this m- woman, it's a meaningless Chalitza. She's not a candidate. She's a Tsaras Erva. She's not a candidate for Chalitza. So she's not considered a Chalitza. She can marry Kayin. Beisil Machshirim. Nesyabim. On the other hand, let's say Yibim was done. So Beishame says there's an obligation to do Yibim in this woman. And therefore, Machshirim. She did not consider that she had an illicit relationship. Basil will say that since she had an illicit relationship, she wasn't supposed to live with a Yavim. According to Basil, it's a very serious issue. It's, it's, it's the Erev of Eshesach. And a woman who has that type of a relationship with a man becomes a Zoyna. A Zoyna here is not in the, in the definition of a harlot. She's a Zoyna because she had a, a prohibited relationship and such a woman may never marry a kind, as the Tarek Dasha says, Isha Zoyna v'chalolo lo yikachu. Ah, so says the Mishnah. So now we had, based on this discussion, some very serious machloikas between Basham and Basil, halachic machloikas. But says the Mishnah, Ah, Pisha Elo Yisra 
Matirim, Elu Paisel Vail Machirim, Bishan Vesel have very serious disagreement. Says the Mishnah, Lenimna Bisham Melissa Nashim Basil, Bishar Basil Bisham married women from Basil, and vice versa of Lenimna Basil Meshamai. They married into each other's family, as we're going to learn in the Gemara, because they would notify each other of the status, of the Yicha status of the women, and if according to one, they weren't allowed to marry her, they would stay away. But in most cases, that won't be the case, and they'll be able to get married. Similarly, throughout Shas, there are between Beshama and Tumat Tahara. Still, so there may be something which according to Beshama is Tame and according to Basil is Tar, or vice versa. Still, they used each other foods that were Tar because again, they notified each other what the status was, and therefore, based on my halachic feeling, I'll do knowing that this is what was done because I got the faith. Says the Amr Shem and Pazi, my time at the Beishamai. We've been learning the whole Masechta about Tsaris Erva. Why does Beishamai not subscribe to that concern? The Ksiv, the Pasuk says, Lesia Esh Sameis Chachutzel Izar. Says the Gemara Chutzel, the outside woman, Mechlal Dika Pnimius, that there's another wife. There's one wife who is a chutz, who's a chutzah wife, a woman who's not related, and there's a woman who's a pnimius who is related. Amrachmana, and the Torah says regarding the wife who's a chutzah wife, regarding the wife who's not related, she can't marry anyone else because she's obligated to have yibum. Basilo, who says that not only is the erva asr, but the tsarist erva is also asr, what will he do with this pasik? Says the Gemara, Amarav. Amarav, if there's a woman who's a Shemeris Yavam, and a Shemeris Yavam, of course, is not supposed to get married to anyone else, but the isr for someone else to marry a Shemeris Yavam is the isalav. And usually, an individual who's a chiv lav, of course, one should not marry a woman that is a chiv lav to marry her. But if one does, it's only the kedushin is typhus. How do we know that this is an exception to that rule? And even though there's only a chiv lav, the kedushin is not typhus. Says the Gemara, that she can't get married. Kedushin is not typhus with her, even though she is only she's only chiv lav. And I saw that the Rishonim tried to understand why. So Rav Shmuel Rizovsky says maybe that this lav is considered a more serious lav. And therefore, even though normally maybe an individual who has only chiv lav is allowed to have a kedushin as typhus, this is maybe considered a more serious lav. That's one way to understand the Gemara. Or the other one, or the other way to understand the Gemara is that it goes back to a concept we discussed earlier. There is a zika between the Yavama and her brother-in-laws. And the halacha views the zika as a strong relationship, that she's somewhat of an ish. Of course, she's not considered a full-fledged ish, but the halacha views it as somewhat of a, as an ish. And of course, Kedushin can never be typhus with a woman who's already married. A woman who has zika to men is also like an ish, and that's why the Kedushin is not typhus. That means chitzayna. Says the Gemara Beis Hillel, even the ksev chutzah, 
Yes, the Torah used the word chutzah, but it's considered commanded ksiv lechutz to me. It is as if the Torah used the word lechutz. Because says the Gemara, the Tanya of Nechemya Oimah. Rabbi Nechemya tells us a rule. The Torah calls Tevish Atricha Lamed Betchilasai. If really the word should be spelled with a Lamed at the beginning, we want to say Le, Taitala Kosu Hebe Saifa. And the Gemara brings rise to this. Tanya Beri Shmol, the Pasuk says the Klaisal came to Elam. So it should have said Le Elam. But the Pasuk says, the Yavayu Elamai. The Torah speaks about David coming to Machnaim. It should have said Limachanaim, but it says the David Ba Machanaima. The Torah speaks about Avram Vinu going to Mitzrayim. It should have said the Avram Limitzraima. But it says the Avram Mitzraima. The Pasuk speaks about the Yachnu Baalmaim. The first ask, why, if the Torah could have said the Laman at the beginning, does it say the hay at the end? Why does the Torah do this? So, so the Verka Rebbe, Remendel Verka, says we want to teach an important lesson. A person should always speak as little as possible. So if you could say a letter at the beginning of the word, or you could delay it to say it till the end of the word, I'm preferable to delay it to the end of the word, say, talk as briefly and as little as necessary. Bishamai, according to Bishamai, who used the word chutz to tell us that Tzaras Erva is mutter, asked the Gemara of Yudam Rab from where does he know the halacha that Yavamlish the Shemeres Yavim Kedushin is not typhus from Tar? He says he learns us from the words Leisiel is Zor Nafka that any marriage with another man will not be a valid marriage. Ask the Gemara. So if so, so why doesn't Beisel learn this halacha from that pasuk as well? Says the Gemara Enochanami. He does. So now we're back to me. So why does coming to teach us Chutzulamali LeRabbis Arusa? That, let's say, a couple only had Arison. We know that in a Jewish marriage, there are two steps. There's first Arison and then the Suin. And the Gemara is teaching us that if there's, they only had Arison and they didn't have Nesuin, and then the husband unfortunately died, is she a candidate for Yibam or not? Teaches us, the Gemara, that's what Chutzah teaches us, that the, uh, that, come, that even an Arusa is also has a chivivim. Vidach, chutza teaches us that din according to Beishamai. Ha chutza has to teach us the other din that it doesn't apply to Tsaris Erva. Vidach, and Reisello, chutza ha chutza lay mashmuhu. They don't agree that you can learn Tulim Mudim from the word chutza. And Hachutza. And as the Tva says, just because Basil in this Gemara is not prepared to learn Chutza, Chutza, doesn't mean that he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to learn that type of limit elsewhere. In this Gemara, Basil said it's not an accepted limit. Ravama, Rava says there's a whole different understanding why Beshamai doesn't agree to the concept of Tzara Serva. Tamayd Beshamai is because Enesachalal is sir. And therefore, once the woman is has a different uh, is a the iser erva cannot come together with iser eshesach and the gemara explains it right now so says the gemara if a mace married a woman so a man married 
a woman, so she became an Ashes Ach. And then this man married his sister, the sister of this woman. So then she's not Osir only because of Ashes Ach. Because the Isser of Achois Isha is not a- applicable. She's already Osir to me because she's my Ashes Ach. And therefore, since she's not considered a chois ishtoi, so since she's not considered the chois ishtoi, she doesn't have the ability to make tzara be considered a tzara's erva. Ella asked the Gemara, if Nosachai, let's say I first married my wife, so then my, so then this woman became also to me, as an achais ishtai. My wife's sister becomes also to me because of achais ishtai. If my brother then goes marries her, vakach nosameis, achais ishtai kadam. So she was the first ishtai. So the Gemara's question is, if they, if this is the reasoning for Beishamai, he should need to differentiate which ishtai came first. If this ishtai ach came first, or this achais ishtai came first. Says the Gemara, kivin delay achais ishtai. Since in the case where first she was an Achais Ishai, this Ashes Ach doesn't chal, have a Tsaris Ervish Mitzvah. So then she's not my then this woman is not an Ashes Ach. If she's not an Ashes Ach, then there's no Yibum for her. So it's going to be considered, like we spoke about in the Mishnah, when a man was married to two women, not a Yavam. Because as the Allah is concerned, this woman was not an Ashes Ach to me. And therefore, she's also going to, she's going to be mutter anyway. And that's why Beishamai will say, under both circumstances, the Tsaris Erva, in both cases, the Tsaris Erva is not going to be exempt from the din of Yibam. We learned in the Mishnah, Chaltsu Beishamai Paislam. According to Beishamai, since the Tsaris Erva is obligated to have Yibam Mechalitza, so said Beishamai, if she did have Yibam Mechalitza, she's considered a Chalutza. And if she's considered a Chalutza, she's also to marry a Kayim. According to Beishil, she wasn't a candidate for Chalitza. So even if the Chalitza was performed, it's a meaningless act. She's not a Chalutza, she's allowed to marry the Kayim. Says the Mabshita. What's the Chiddush? Answers the Gemara, Lafuki. The Mishnah is trying to tell us that we don't agree with Rabbi Yechem Nuri. Rabbi Yechem Nuri wanted an institute that even though Basil doesn't really require the Tsaris ever to have Chalitza, let her have Chalitza just to create peace between Beisham and Basil. Kamash Malan. And therefore, since she would require to have chalitza, albeit only midrabonim, she should be considered a chalutza. And if she's considered a chalutza, she should be also to a kain. Kamash Malan, Amish is coming to teach us the Basil Machshirim. Basil say a tsaris erva is not subject to chalitza at all. And therefore, there's no, there's no issue of chalitza here. She's not considered a chalitza. We learned, on the other hand, the Siyabmu. If this Tsarish ever had Yibam, so Beishame said she did what she was supposed to do. Beishame said she married a man, she's an Eshesach, she wasn't allowed to marry him, and therefore Beishame hold that she becomes possible to the Kayin. So says the Gemara, that's directly connected to what we've been discussing. Hasulamali, why was it needed to be taught? Answers the Gemara, either the Tanakhotsu, because the Mishnah wanted to teach us the Alokha, is what the Alokha, if the Brahman or the Chalitza, the Mishnah also teaches us Taninamina Siyam. Our Gemara begins now the Sugya about 
different people in one place or pe- people having different halachic approaches to situations. And then we have the issue of Laisasa Agudas Agudas. We can't have Klaiso into doing different things. So says the Gemara, Tanan Hassan, the Mishnah Megillah, beginning of the second Megillah discusses. Megillah in the Kras, Ba'achrasur, Megillah sometimes read on the 11th of Adar, Bishtemas on the 12th of Adar, Bishloishas on the 13th of Adar, Babasur on the 14th of Adar, Bahamishas on the 15th of Adar, Loy Pachas Vlayasur. Not before and after. Ask the Gemara, how could this be? Why should this not be a violation of Leisus Gaidu? And the Torah says Leisus Gaidu, and we learn from Leisus Gaidu, Leisasu Agudas Agudas. We're not allowed to turn Torah into different. We're not allowed to have different groups. So the way most Rishonim learn the Gemara, the Gemara's question, going back to that Mishnah, it that says that the Megillah could be read on 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th. So the 11th, 12th, and 13th, the reason the Megillah could be read is because for the Naik Forum, as the Gemara at the beginning of Masech, the Megillah discusses very extensively, the people of the villages would come into the towns on Mondays and Thursdays, and in order they should not have to come again, Chazal instituted that they read the Megillah on those days and not on the 14th and 15th. And then... We also learned that the Allah is that the Megillah, we know, is read on the 14th of Adar in cities without walls from the time of Yeshua Benun, and on the uh, 15th, Purim, in cities that have a wall from the time of Yeshua Benun. So most Rishonim explain that the Gemara's question here is on the 14th and 15th. And the Gemara's question is, why is the Allah that we have two different times for reading the Megillah. Because on the 11th, 12th, and 13th, it was not really the Zman of the Megillah. It was only instituted for convenience sake. That's the way most Rishonim learn. However, there are other Rishonim that say that the Gemara's question is on all the situations that we discussed this now, that how did Chazal Institute, Chazal Institute, that Megillah should be read different times the, uh, all these different times, shouldn't there be one time when all the Megillah is read? So here we learned the Aloha of Agudas Agudas. So the question is, why is there an Issa of Laisuskaidu? We have here a very fundamental Machloikis, Rashi and the Rambam. Rashi's opinion is, We're concerned. That if the people will do things differently, it looks like Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave two different tires. The Rambam, however, disagrees. The Rambam says that the Isra of Loisus Gaidu is because of Machloikus. We're concerned that when people do different things, it will create Machloikus. And because of that, because of this issue of Loisus Gaidu, the Meshiv Dover teaches us that if one is davening in a shul, and the shul davens one nusuch, but your personal nusuch is a different nusuch. Says the Meshiv Dover, and Ramosha has a truth about this in the Grish as well, that the Allah is that you have to do anything that's said out loud, Kedusha. You should say Kedusha in the nusuch that's, da- that's davened in that shul, not in the nusuch that you normally say. On the other hand, he says, 
which of course we dive in Shemonesri quietly. Shemonesri, you could say in your Nusuch, even though that's not the Nusuch of the Shul. The question that Ramosh discusses in Degris Moshe is what's going to be regarding Pesukah de Zimra and Krishma. So there he says, since they're typically not said quietly, it's not like Shemonesri, so they should be said, when you're davening in a shul, you should say Pesukah de Zimra and Krishma like the Nusach of that shul. However, he says, if it's difficult for somebody to change his Nusach, he, he's used to saying Pesukah de Zimra the way he always says it. He's used to saying Brichus Krishma the way he always says it. He could say it the way he always says it, but says Ramosha, he should say it quietly to avoid the issue of Laisuskaidadu. We have to be careful with that. But ask the Gemara, how Laisuskaidadu, how are we saying that Laisuskaidadu is coming to teach us the Allah of Laisasa, Agudas, Agudas? Don't we need it to teach us the basic Allah that the Torah says, Laisuskaidadu? That the Torah teaches us, the Torah is coming to teach us that we're not allowed to cut, like, that somebody in Avelis, he's not allowed to make a cut in his body. Answers the Gemara, if that's what the Torah is coming to teach us, my loyce is going to do, it's coming also to teach us that you're not allowed to make two groups. But that's the Gemara. Okay, maybe that's all the Torah is coming to teach us. Okay, maybe the Pasuk is only coming to teach us that we're not allowed to make two groups, says the Gemara. Why did I say the words is going to do? To teach us both halachas. One halacha that you're not allowed to cut into your body by a mace, and one to teach us the halacha that we're not allowed to turn halacha, we're not allowed to turn into different groups. So I saw that the Tzlach explains that what is the connection, the Pasuk says, And we're learning in the Gemara now that these two halachas, that the Torah is teaching us two halachas. One is that we're not allowed to turn ourselves, separate into groups, and one is that how we're supposed to act by Avelis. What is the connection? He says that when a person, when Klayasol act with Shalom with each other, that's a proof that we're all brothers because we're all sons to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, since we're all sons to between of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so then we can't ever be that much in grief. Grief comes if a person doesn't have a Muna. But if a person is, believes that he's a son to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then he knows whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu did, he did for the best. And therefore he's not allowed to overly grieve, and not allowed to make wound in his body. And for the same reason, since we're all sons, we're all brothers, then the Allah is that we're not allowed to divide ourselves into groups, make two tires, or make a machloikish. Says the Gemara. Amalei, so now that we've established that there is an Isra of Lois do, so how could we have Megillah read in different places in different times? Says the Gemara, Amalei, Rav Yachin says to Rishlokish, Atkan Loishanisa, Mokim, have you learned the Mishnah Mesechta Psachim? That the Mishnah Mesechta Psachim teaches us, Mokim Shnag Lassim Lokim Arab Psachim Akatsois, in the place where there's a meaning that people work in Arab Pesach until Katsois, Oisin, Mokim Shnag Lashalai Lassim, in the place where the meaning is not to, ain't Oisin. 
So we see that you can have different menhagim in different places, and it's not a violation of Lysus Gadadu. That I'm asking you from Isser. The Allah is that person on that Purim for him is in your Dalar Adar is not supposed to read the Megillah on Tezvav. And so too vice versa. And you're telling me, Domer of Shimber, as the Gemara says, Domer of Shimber, Abba Omer Rab Yachran, Lekayim, as Himea Purim is Maneim, Zmanim Harbatiknom Chachamim, that they're different Zmanim, and everybody has to keep different times. That, Atem, Amritli, and you're giving me something from a Minig, some people work at Pesach, some people don't. Says the Gemara Hasam Lavas Surahava. There, working in Arab Pesach is not a sur, a sur. But Tanan, Halila, when, what about the night of Arab Pesach? Beshamai Oysim Besil Matirim. So we see it's only a minig, and you can't ask me from the, you can't use that as a raya to the Megillah. Amalei. So he says, Bai Melacha, Haroya Oim Melacha Delesle. The fact that people aren't working, not proof. Because maybe I'm not working, so, so, again, the Gemara's question is, the Bashami used the word Oisrim. So we see not working on Ere Pesach is not just a minig, it's Osir. So why don't you ask me from there? So says Rishlokish, that's not a question. Because the fact that I'm not working in a place where people work doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to work. It means that I hold you not allowed to work and you hold you a lot of work and now we have license guy to do. I'm not working because I don't have anything to do. But it could well be that if I had something to do, I would be working. And therefore, it's not evident that I'm making a good a good But in a case where it's evident that I'm making a good, in a place where it's evident that I'm making a good a good the Allah will be that as the question remains, how can we have different menhagim in different places? Why is this not considered a violation of Lysus Kaidadu?